This is the Team Church Podcast with Kevin Gerald, where we exist to move church forward and have the conversations that every team needs to be having. Welcome to the Team Church Podcast with Kevin Gerald. My name is Jody Cameron, and I will be your host today. We are having team talk today. We're having conversations that every team needs to be having. So our goal is to start a conversation and... Hopefully, you and your team will continue that conversation. So we're the launching pad, and then you can take it into the dialogue of your team. Uh, We're back today with Pastor Kevin, a.k.a. Coach K, a.k.a. my dad. (laughs) Hello, everybody. (laughs) Welcome. And, uh, you know, this podcast releases the first Tuesday of every month. And if it's resonating with you, we want to invite you to hit that subscribe button, uh, become part of the Team Church Tribe, and we would be honored uh, if you would do that and let us be a part of your world every single month. Uh, We have been in this series because you recently released a new book, Naked, I'm going to hold it up, Naked Naked and Unafraid, unafraid. it's five keys to abandon smallness, <clears throat> overcome criticism, and be all you're meant to be. So you've been walking through this with the podcast listeners, and we're going to get into section three today, okay. which is all about push past criticism. I'm so excited to talk to you about this, get in a little bit deeper, maybe hear some stories that aren't even in the book uh, that you can share with our listeners today. Um, so you start this section, push past criticism, with... Uh, just a confession maybe or an assumption that King David almost assumed or expected his wife, Michael to criticize him for celebrating and dancing in the street. I mean, tell us a little bit about that. Well, it came to mind when I was researching and studying the Bible uh, story of David and looking into who he was, like his, his, his courage, basically um, that, wow, there's no doubt she's in the window. He's in the streets um, he knew her. They they know one another, husband and wife. And I feel like he just knew when he went home that night, mm. he was going to catch a bit of of hell from her. Okay. <laughs> like, like it was, she was not happy with him. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like that's really the interesting point here is that uh, when it comes to criticism, the worst thing you can do if you're a, a leader or somebody who's going to step out of the comfort zone mm-hmm. and attempt to do something um, great, significant with your life um, is to try to avoid criticism. That's right. like the worst thing you can do. And so I, I just want I, I wanted to help people understand. I think that a lot of times when people make a move with no guarantee of the outcome, they know they're going to get criticized. And King David is a great example of that because even though he probably knew his wife was going to come after him yep. for doing what he did. Yep. He did it anyway. Did it anyway. Yep. He he felt he was going to get criticized and he didn't avoid it. He right. did it anyways. How about how about you? You've been in leadership, uh, you know, lead pastor for over 30 years and you've been in ministry, grew up in ministry. Tell us about a time or, or two that you felt like going into a situation, you you knew you were going to get criticized or you assumed that you could be criticized for how you were doing something or what you believed in or how you were communicating something and you did it anyways. Like you didn't avoid it. You didn't step back, right. but you did it anyways. Which is not to be mistaken with the idea that you feel some fear. 
Um, because just in all honesty, um, I, I feel like in my own uh, ministry, many times I've, I've thought, oh man, I wonder how many are going to not like this. I wonder who this is going to come against. For example, um, whenever we were, we were making some moves to launch a location uh, in Bellevue, which is part of the Seattle land area, there was city, there was, the city was against us coming. Um, there were, there were people in our church who we made, we made a move away from something we had done for years and invested in, which was an outdoor passion play that was amazing. And we moved away from that to actually, um, get into a location Mm -hmm. up in Bellevue. So we just switched energies and went a different direction. So there, I I just knew everybody's not going to be happy with it. And I can't tell you that, oh, I can just flip the switch and not care but what i can tell you is that there there are moments like that where standing up for what you believe in is important um we i had let me just tell you one quick story when i was again back in the early days of ministry there was like a a watch group in our area who was who was policing so to speak Mm -hmm. um pastors and churches and they were very cynical and critical and they had their boundaries and they were part of a group where there was a, a, a man national broadcast at that point called the a- Bible answer man. And they criticized us so much and they left bad messages. I mean, horrible stuff on our answer machines. Can our you office. imagine if you had social media at yeah, that point? Like there was no, there was social, no media, social media. So, so they, they were like leaving answering <laughs> like voicemails, right? Good point. <laughs> anyway, I ended up like taking it, taking it on and going and meeting personally when he invited me to with the Bible answer man. Here I am. No one knows my name. I'm a, I'm a kid, you know, I don't know, 27, 28 years old, maybe um, starting a church. And these critics have come after us. They have, uh, you know, they've attended our church services and they've, they've taken interviews with people, all of this stuff. Like, and, and so anyway, I went and sat down with him and talked to him and guess what? I ended up with him like giving me, uh, his blessing. Like it, it just flipped, it switched. Sure. He, sure. Um, so I just think sometimes in, in life and in ministry, we cower away way too quick and we allow our concerns of trying to please everybody get in the way of some big victories in our life. Because I think as a leader, we have to expect that no matter what decisions we make, somebody's going to be unhappy. Yeah. Right? Like there, there's always going to be some level of criticism out there. And so to push past it, I guess, A, it's being aware that it's, it's going to come from some direction. But you talk about in the book how to qualify and regulate it. Right. So criticism is going to come and some people are going to have something to say and we need to listen. Mm -hmm. And some people are going to have something to say and we need to just shake it off. Right. Mm -hmm. So a couple quotes that I wrote down. Criticism is powerful and anything that is powerful has to be qualified, regulated and used properly. That's just right out of this section three. And then to qualify something is to make sure it's proven, capable or fit for use. So these are right out of the book. Yep. Um, when we are facing criticism as a leader, we need to expect it and be aware that it's coming. And, and, and yet we need to qualify it. Right. How can we use it in our leadership? How can we use it moving us forward versus allowing it to kind of push us down, create hesitancies? So my question for you is what are some ways that you have learned 
to qualify and regulate criticism in your life and or your leadership? Mm -hmm. Well, first, uh, when I began in ministry, and for years actually, I read every single email or letter that came in addressed to me. Well, because that's what you're supposed to do. Because that's, right? yeah, that's what people <laughs> told me that, that a pastor should do that. You should listen to what everyone has to say. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, this is being a good pastor. And then I realized the power of criticism to impact you in a negative way. And it, think of electricity. Mm -hmm. Think of the power of electricity and you'll get a picture of criticism because it can if you harness if you harness electricity and you use it to your advantage it heats your home mm -hmm. <laughs> right now it helps um, automobiles actually we go on electricity right. um, there's a lot of positive things that lights your house for you uh, but if you don't harness it it's a wildfire it sure. can burn your house down mm. and so I feel like that criticism and we're going to talk a little bit about it I do in the book criticism versus critique and they come from the same root word so I, I feel like that that's the first thing I had to realize is that that criticism is so powerful that I have to qualify it and that and and so secondly I started to realize that okay um, I am not going to be the person who's going to be able to go, for example, to your house. If you have, if you have a plumbing problem in your house, you would not call me to come fix your plumbing. Right. And there's very innocent people that often underestimate the complexity of ministry and doing ministry effectively and why we do some of what we do. And those of us who are students of ministry and spend our whole lives, we go to school, we, we do everything we do to understand how to do what we do better, mm -hmm. should not feel obligated to listen to the advice of someone who doesn't really understand ministry. No more than, a, you know, you should feel like um, I would or someone else would come over and fix the plumbing in your house sure. or really no, you wouldn't want me to attempt to do that. Right. So it's the same way, uh, Jody, with ministry is that we have to build some esteem into this and we have to regulate who we're listening to whenever we're listening to criticism. So, for example, I bring in people who can come in and study our organization and they can interview our team and they can observe weekend services. And those people will, will speak into what we're doing and give us that critique, which is a form of criticism, but they'll help us to be better. Mm -hmm. So it has to be regulated when you come down to criticism. It just it, it cannot be something that just everyone is allowed and qualified to do. I think that's so good, you know, because you're, it, it's like putting healthy boundaries in your life mm -hmm. and that's okay as a leader. And I think some leaders need to give themselves permission yep. to not read every email, to not read every DM that comes in their social media, to mm -hmm. not read every hater comment to, you know, to not go and troll people themselves. Like some leaders need to hear 
that it's okay to not listen to every piece of criticism that comes into their world. And we're going to talk a little bit about the difference between criticism and critique in just a moment, because in your book, you actually have a section Mm -hmm. where you you show the difference in a really clear way. But before we get to that point, uh, we want to jump into what we call our Team DNA segment. This is where we hear from a pastor um, who is doing something on their team that moves church forward. So let's listen to that for just a minute and then we'll be right back. Hey, we want to share a DNA story with you. What our what we feel like our team does really well. And I know that uh, I'm really blessed by this aspect of our team. And that's the fact that we are pressing in and that we're embracing our wholeness and, and finding our wholeness in Christ. Um, as we know, pressure reveals things and as the pressure of being on a church team and a church staff, it brings stuff to the surface and usually the issue is not the issue. Right. Usually it, it's something deeper, something going undercurrent, under the surface, some issue from our childhood or whatever it might be, a bad experience, a belief system that's still that's false it's still bringing fruit up that's causing trouble and we've just committed that we're going to work through that stuff and that we're going to get the help that we need and what a blessing it is to be a part of a team that's just committed to to the identity of christ and dealing with our false beliefs Mm -hmm. and uh when the denial and the defensiveness and all that start rising up then we we recognize hey, we need to get help. Yeah, and one of the things that we've committed to as leaders is that when those things rise up, that we want our our guys and our girls on our team to, to go to their counselor, to see someone, to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and to do some, some soul care, do some work, um, to take them to the place that God has for them. And I, you know, we've been doing ministry for a long, long time, and just probably what in the last 12, 13 years, some of our staff have amazing stories of embracing the dealings of God, leaning into Him and allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and bring help. And we're reaping the benefits of that today. People that we actually could have lost uh, for small different just issues, um, they've stuck with, with it and with the process and they've leaned into healing and today they're on our staff and and yep. uh, it's been a beautiful thing to watch and so we do in we do believe in soul care um, for each one of our our members and then also we share it with the body so we want to jump into this idea of criticism versus critique you mentioned mm-hmm. they come from the same root word so there's similarities and yet there's differences. So in the book, on page 115, there's actually a uh, two columns where you show like the difference between critics versus critique, right? Mm-hmm. So the first one, critics are self-appointed and critique is invited. I mean, that right there is so powerful. Yep. Um, so maybe just pick out a couple that really stand out to you and let's talk about them uh, a little bit. The difference between criticism and critique. Well, I love I love that one, and and just to connect the dots, that's what we were talking about before we took that little break. Is that critics uh, they're self appointed, mm-hmm. so don't self appoint yourself. First of all, wait till you're invited sure. into a conversation, and for all of us who are open, naked, and and unafraid, and you want to live that kind of life, make sure you invite qualified people 
into the conversation. I like to say it like this, um, Jody, is that uh, there's too many critics without credentials. Yes. So make sure that you're not one of those. <laughs> and then make sure that, on the other hand, you invite the credentialed, qualified voices into your life. Okay. Like one example of that, you know, you talked about even in our staff leadership team is, you know, if I'm going to search out and be vulnerable with somebody, I want to make sure I'm being vulnerable with somebody who can help me. Right. You know, like I don't always just want to have vent sessions and people listening and maybe even people jumping on the bandwagon and be like, you're right. And I can't believe it. And da da da. Like if I go and find and invite critique into my life. Yep people with credentials, you know, somebody who's been there, somebody who's succeeded, somebody right. who's ahead of me. And I think you said peer level and, and above right. are, are those areas that we can go to to invite good critique into our world. Criticism complains and critique considers. That's so good. What I mean by that is that if you, if you integrate questions into your critique or into your conversation, mm -hmm. you will be an interested, considerate, concerned party rather than someone who's just on social media, for example, or even face-to-face -face, who launches this complaint, right? like boom, just right over the bow of the ship, right into your world, complaint. Um, is the, that's the nature of criticism, where critique will say, hey, was there something that you were struggling with when you were speaking you know, last weekend, for example, Pastor Kevin? Mm -hmm. Was there something you were struggling with because you asked me to help you be a better speaker? And sure. I just noticed that you seemed a little bit like something else was on your mind. So that's just an example like of how, you know, you could say to a staff member, like, um, I noticed that lately you, 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 you seem to be like absent a little bit from your work. Are you going through something? So that's concern. So you're actually getting ready or you're, you're saying to them, this isn't good. And you carry on the conversation, but it has a thread of consideration or concern to it. Another one would be, um, that criticism can be hurtful and critique can be helpful. If it doesn't have a helpful element in it and it's just left like launched at you, told to you, there's not something in there that is helpful, then maybe hold back until you know how to help someone. Sure. And sometimes my help is sometimes just to say, hey, go to such and such resource and get help. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that, but, but still... There's, there's an element in this that all of us, and everybody plays different roles in our lives. I mean, we all, I've, I've told our team this past week that when I ask you to work for us, we put a certain amount of trust in you. When you accepted the offer, you put a certain amount of trust in us. Right. So there's, there's levels of covenant that we all have that allows us and gives us permission to engage and interact with one another. There's roles that we have, but I just think it's really important that we understand how to invite um, healthy conversation into the mix. Yep. And that's where we're, we're, we're 
risking exposure. Right. Hey, tell me, what did you think about what I just said? Did, did you understand what I just said? There's your chance. Yeah. You know, so a lot of people don't do that. And I hope this opens up the conversation of the difference between criticism and critique. Okay. So there's another thing that has critical in it that I think actually gets a bad rap sometimes mm -hmm. in a team environment. And it's, it's similar to this conversation. So when it comes to critical thinking, mm -hmm. so when we're in a collaborative environment, which we try to have on our team, and I think a lot of teams would say they want to have, you can be in an idea session or you can be in a planning session and somebody comes up with a question or a thought and it can sound in the moment kind of, actually critical, mm -hmm. um, you know, full of criticism or, or full of questions. And yet it's this critical thinking piece that has a lot more in common with critique, like we're talking about, other than just plain old criticism. So maybe talk a bit about that in a team setting. How important is critical thinking? I think it's absolutely essential if we're going to get better as individuals. And the key to getting better as a team is to get better as individuals. So critical thinking is a huge part of improvement on a team and in a group. And what that looks like is that take your service from last weekend and every week just look back and say, were there dead moments, were there gaps, were there places where um, we should consider doing our announcements differently? than we've done them the last 82 years. <laughs> I'm being a little cynical here. But, but you know, how do you, how do you jump in and improve on something if you don't evaluate it? And that's really what critical thinking is doing. It's, it's joining a conversation that is aimed at, uh, at, at making us better yep. as a group. Um, so, I, man, I just I love our team's critical thinking dynamic. Yeah. Tell me, okay, this is our last question. You talk about David's secret sauce in this section. And, and I think our listeners would want to know, what is the secret sauce when it comes to pushing past criticism? So let me say this first. That came out of my question. Mm -hmm. Like, how did he do it? How right? did David do this? Like, he's throughout his life to remind you his older brother when he was getting ready to fight Goliath said what are you doing here you right. belong at home you know it's like constantly as I looked at his life he had to deal with people who were blaming him criticizing him accusing him how did he do it so here's what I came up with or I really believe in my heart is the secret sauce and that was confidence he, he maintained and built a level of confidence in his life consistently and if you look at the psalms you yep. know he would say the lord is my light and my salvation whom shall i fear of whom will i be afraid like confident talk self talk though the enemy rises up against me in this will i be confident he was consistently describing and talking about mm -hmm. and encouraging himself. You remember at Ziklag, which story where they blamed him because their wives were taken by the enemy and the city was burned. And the Bible says he sat down and he wept. And then what did he do? He encouraged himself in the Lord. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, this guy knows that confidence is like a muscle. You got to build it. And I, I, I just leaned into that whole thought. I'm convinced that confidence is the secret sauce that helps you to 
get out there, to live open, yep. to be vulnerable and strong at the same time. It's confidence. Keep building it. Keep encouraging yourself. Keep fueling your confidence and yep. getting stronger in it because you're definitely going to need it if you're going to live this open, large kind of life. Awesome. Hey, well, thank you so much for answering some of my questions today. And, you know, at Team Church, we are on a mission to move church forward. And we would love for you to be a part of that with us. Hit that subscribe button. We're coming out with these every first Tuesday of the month. And we would love to be a part of your world. We would count it an honor. Uh, you can download the Team Church code from teamchurchconference.com. And it's all about the DNA of great teams. You can have it. You can steal it. You can own it. It's a resource for you. We'd love for you to be a part of that. Um, and we've got a couple of great team church events all throughout the year. Our, our next one coming up is our conference in August in Tacoma, Washington. It is the most beautiful place on earth Gotta come in August you here in the Pacific Northwest. So get out of the heat wherever you are. Uh, come visit us up here. And we'd love to personally invite you to be a part of that. So I think we're good for today. Good. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we can't wait to see you next time. God bless you guys. This has been the Team Church Podcast with Kevin Gerald. For more information on conferences and events, check out teamchurchconference.com.